Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place, the legend of Korra. Hello everybody and welcome back for week 28 of streaming in place. Uh, this week, today we are talking about the legend of Korra, book two spirits, the final two episodes, darkness falls and light in the dark. Uh, these are some controversial episodes amongst the Avatar and Korra fandom, so I look forward to uh, our conversation here. Uh, and then tomorrow we're going to do our season wrap-up, uh, where we look back on the whole season and, and talk with whoever's hanging out with us in the chat about, you know, how, how it's going and, you know, what our thoughts are and what we're anticipating moving forward. So, um I was a little, you know, like, Noel's got a heart out today, so this will be a shorter episode. Um uh, than than we've often had, but I, I and I was a little concerned about that because like oh it's finale there'll probably be a lot of stuff, but guys there kind of isn't a lot of stuff to, for me to talk about. Um, it just kind of yeah there's finale stuff and then finale stuff happens and then there's some big stuff with Cora, but otherwise it's just a lot of like okay yeah big fight. I'm really glad Studio Mirror's back, but I don't have much to say. Outside of, you know, our Boleyn Corner. So I'm curious, Allison, how you felt about these last two episodes um, and and how everything kind of wraps up. You know, I'm so relieved to hear you say that, Kate, because I felt like I was maybe going to have to work extra hard this episode because I just wasn't that engaged. And that's not actually fair because I watched both these episodes separately. I watched one on Saturday and one yesterday. And when I finished the episode, in both cases, I was like, whoa, yeah, all right. And then promptly didn't think about it at all. And I'm having a hard time thinking about it now, mm -hmm. um, with the exception of our Bolin Corner and then like big blue Cora. And that's about that's about all I got, um, which is disappointing. I feel like, you know, for a show with maybe less ambitious aims, that this would be perfectly adequate. And it is adequate. Um, but I found myself startlingly ambivalent about two episodes of TV that at the time I was really engaged with and having a good time with, but man, there's just not a lot of meat on those bones. I was in fact so concerned. I wasn't going to have anything to say. I spent several minutes. I walked from the gym to here, like at pace. And as I was swiftly walking home, um, by the way, everyone wears masks in my gym. They're taking temperature the whole nine. Anyway, um, as I was seriously walking home, I started thinking what joke I could make about $750 that involved the legend of Korra <laughs> um, because I just didn't know what else I was going to say. I came up with no good Korra jokes for $750. I did work out that if we were paid $26 a week between the three of us to share for every week we've been doing streaming in place, we would have roughly $750. Um, and I don't, that, that's, that's not very much. <laughs> we, let's, it's, uh, we're on episode, uh, what is it? 130 about. So by that, right. Per episode, what are we getting? And it's 750 divided by 130, uh, $5 and 76 cents an episode. Okay. Divide by three. Uh, yeah. there we go. There we go. Uh, Noel, how, how were these last two episodes for you? Uh, so first off, um, Varric only paid 750 Wulan. 
mm-hmm. um, in taxes. That's 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 your joke. Yeah. You um, know what? I can't believe I didn't go there. Yeah. Actually, part of the reason we'll talk. I'm sure that we'll end up talking about Varric tomorrow when we're doing our season wrap up. But I think part of the reason I didn't go there is because um, Varric is just much more interesting uh, than this other guy. Yeah. yeah anyway, we'll um, return to that. Yeah, so I think my issue with the finale is exactly what Allison was describing, is that, yeah, it's really cool. Like, there's a lot of neat stuff. There's a lot of bending. There's a lot of fighting. You get a big kaiju battle um, between bluey, glowy Korra and purple Unalatu, or however you want to, Vanalatu, or however you want to portmanteau them. Um and it's cool. It's it's fun. It's, it's really entertaining. There's a significant lack of destruction, which is also really nice uh, in these kinds of like big, epic, literally big battles. Um, but I left it feeling really underwhelmed again. Um, and I went back to my review and I went, oh, right. This is why. It's because so much of this is deeply cosmic and really kind of end of the worldy in a really abstract way. Um, as opposed to this very kind of deeply personal story about the end of the world, which they kind of hint at with the Bolin Corner, and we'll get there in a second. We keep teasing it. But what this boils down to for me is that he, he's her uncle. He's her... Unalak's her uncle. He's the brother of her father there's a lot of like family dynamics and layers in this that are completely unaddressed and completely unacknowledged um that just kind of suck a lot of the like character drama out of it um in favor of these kind of big huge mythology stakes that are significantly less interesting apart from the whole being cut off from your past selves, which I think is a really rich and interesting concept, but it's the only rich and interesting concept, Hello Kitty, um, in the whole uh, Listeners, finale. Nancy Drew is making an appearance. A very cozy appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about it, is that it's, it's fun, it's cool, there's a lot of really great action set pieces, but apart from the last little bit at the Tree of Time between Tencent and Korra, which I think is one of my favorite bits um, in the whole season, um, is that there's just not enough there there, and even some other stuff that they need to do to get us through it, like Janora coming down with a magic homing beacon to find Rava without any explanation of what that actually was mm-hmm. that Janora did. Like, it never gets explained, ever. Um, just goes, we needed this because we needed to get to this. And it's just like, it's bad storytelling, but it's cool. But like Allison says, that shouldn't be enough for a show like this. Yeah. Well, and it, yes, Unalak is her uncle, but there's just so much more than that that they don't even engage with and you know this is apologies listeners i have a feeling if you're like me at all this is going to be one of those things where you go into the conversation going like yeah it was fun i I enjoyed it the battles were cool and the visuals were neat and like you know considering the issues we had with the season it could have been a lot worse and you're gonna come out of the conversation be like yeah why wasn't it good it should have been good (laughs) um because not only do they not engage with one of their big themes of the season, which is this whole light in the darkness 
motif, right, that, that, that they've returned to again and again. And it's the answer for how is Rava not dead. And it's because, as they previously explained, you cannot have darkness without light. Meaning that when Rava wins, when they win, he's still there. Vati's still there somewhere, right? Uh, and, and is only going to grow again. Like, this is a cycle that will repeat in the next 10,000 years. Um, but the show doesn't want you to think about that. So they just don't have the conversation. Just like they don't have the conversation about this is my uncle and I have very a very limited family and really Tenzin is more of my family than Unalak is and what does all of that mean? And and there's the conversation they don't have with Janora of like, you know, what it, what it means to appear as Tinkerbell, I guess, uh, to, to, to do a little, like, I do believe in fairies. There is light still in there. Um, and it, it's just, it's very, it's very disappointing and it's frustrating. Like the stuff that they find time for versus the stuff that they don't find time for. And there, there's like, like when Cora is trying to decide, should I leave the spirit portals open or should I not, uh, that would be the perfect time to have a conversation with Rava about it, you know, or to 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 talk with Janora would probably be a good person to talk to about it and to see like, well, here's just one example of someone who who is immediately impacted by the spirit in a in a positive way by the portals being open. Or Boomy's got his his uh, fluffy foot friends, right? Like it's saying there are dangers, but there are also there's there's some beauty and some connection that's missing has been missing for 10,000 years because the portals were closed. So like, you know, there's, there's the visual, which is so striking of all the past lives being wiped out and, and it's, it starts out strong and and then it ends strong with one. Um, And that being painful, especially when connected to the visuals of Aang, like, and, and the avatars in the cloud, right? The, the, the air, the air nomads in the clouds, that visual from, from, the last airbender but um but it's also freeing you know and with all of this talk of expectation that we've had with Tenzin to have some more connection of that with with Korra would also you know if this is another thread that should have been happening this season that could have really powerfully paid off in this finale and instead you just get Kaiju Korra which is very cool do not get me wrong Kaiju Korra is awesome, or blue glowing Korra, whatever you know, blue eyed mode Korra. But literal like, blue eyed mode, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's just it should it should be so much better, and this show is capable of a lot better. Uh, so it's just it's it's frustrating. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those circumstances where not good and. Well, I guess three different things. There's bad, there's not good, and there's could have been better. And I think could have been better is actually the most frustrating of those things. Absolutely. Because some things are just not going to hit, right? And then there are things that are fine. And this is better than fine. But it's insufficient to what it could be based on what they're passing up, on questions they haven't answered, on themes that aren't delved, on character beats they're just ignoring, like all kinds of really interesting things that are just not addressed. And that doesn't mean that the things that are addressed are not engaging. Obviously they are. Um, but it just, I think about some of the the best episodes 
of The Last Airbender or, frankly, the best episodes of Korra. And there's so much specificity, even if it's even if it's broad, even if they're being really didactic or even if it's sort of quiet and feels meandering it. There's still a lot of specificity. And this is just pretty much just action. And then like Sturm and Drong where they're not really considering the impact of any of those things. And it's really frustrating. I'm especially frustrated by how sort of cavalierly like with a generic wash of sadness, they're dealing with the fact that all of these past lives are no longer accessible, both because of what we know Aang gained from them in ATLA and because it feels like a connection between Tenzin and his dad. You know what I mean? Like it feels like in this intimate relationship that is no longer there that you, that very reasonably Korra and Tenzin and everyone in the world should have been able to count on being there for a long time. Like, how does Katara feel about this? That's what I want to know. How are we not diving into all of that stuff? It's really frustrating. Yeah, I think the past lives thing is a really big swing that they take to really drive home this idea of Tenzin and Korra stepping out of respective shadows. Um, Aang's shadow in particular. Um, Even though, really, it's just Tenzin stepping out of Aang's shadow, which is really, I think, beautifully captured in The Fog. Um, Also, shout out to that really terrific Admiral Zhao uh, Mm. cameo, just to drive home how really scary this place is. Um, Yeah, just getting that paycheck, getting that full paycheck for doing five lines. Um, But for Korra, it's... She's always been bound up in the idea of being the Avatar as it relates to every every avatar that's come before her and even historically in this season that's been the whole driving point so cutting her off from all that past both lives but also all that wisdom means that she has to stand on her own which is a really compelling interesting idea but it's such a big universe shattering spin um, that you just go wait what are the ramifications for this and how is this going to come back and haunt you and hurt you and indeed the world in some way or is this just a really heavy literalization of Korra finally needs to stand on her own which is really what it is but it just it feels like such a it's like I said it's such a big swing that I don't know how comfortable I am with it really as like a way to really drive that concept home um because it it just it's really aggressive, I think. And just, I don't know that it's it really works. violent. And it's yeah. really mean. violent. And they're not acknowledged. That's the thing that bothers me is thematically, no, I like, I get what you're saying. I totally right. agree. And I think it's a really interesting place to leave both those characters, right? Like, yeah. really incredible things can emerge from great tragedy. But in order for the emotional resonance of that to hit, you have to acknowledge the tragedy of it, right? And this is like, they got snuffed out and it was such a violation. And then I felt like, like bonker balls for feeling, for having that reaction because everybody else was like, so sad. And then just went on. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's real rough. Um, And it's, it's frustrating because it, shows that lack of delicacy um in a lot of ways the shows become Cora herself in that it's all punch punch kick kind of an approach to things um without 
really think doing and not asking questions basically um no and... that's such a good observation you should yeah right you should be a tv critic that's great. i should be um i'm not anymore um i just i just pretend to be one on podcasts oh you're being one right now as we speak <laughs> um so yeah 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 i'm not gonna say too much more because i'm gonna have to cycle out here in a second yeah well, before you have to head out, we need to do our bowling yeah. corner and any oh, other my thoughts. Little, my feeble turtle duck. Um, yeah, yeah, I was I, totally acting then. Yeah, that whole, yeah, I actually kind of meant it. I was just like, oh. I don't really buy, like, their relation, Desna uh, and um, Bolin's relationship, really. But I kind of buy it in that one moment. But then going back to this idea of, personal stakes during the apocalypse this whole idea of yes i too got caught up in the moment of i do believe that both of them got caught up in the moment and that's enough to make me happy with how all of that plays out um it was very cute it was very sweet um and i i just i really like desna and eska 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 Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, in both of these episodes, um, he was a he became a deplorable man. It's just like, <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. Um. So I I liked I liked everything with the Bolin stuff in this. Um. It felt like a really good, also a very good like real self realization type of moment for him as well of like stepping out of his own conceptions of am I Mako's brother, Cora's teammate? Who am I basically? Am I Nuttuck? Mm-hmm. Um. And all of this stuff, though, I fully agree with him that I really wish they had gotten out on camera because it would have been an incredible mover. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to duck out with that. Um, But please, I'll listen to the rest of this. So I can't wait to hear what the rest of you have to say. And you'll have thoughts tomorrow about the season as a whole. So thank you for joining us when you could. Noel, uh, Allison, any thoughts on Bolin Corner? Oh, I mean, my precious turtle duck. I, um, (sighs) you know, I really like their we got caught up in the moment conversation that felt like a sort of old school ATLA universe moment of acknowledging complexity and like human weakness and weirdness. Like I I just really liked that. Um, And he's fun. Um, And watching Bolin freak out about Kaiju Korra, Louie I Korra, whatever you want to call her was a delight. Um, (laughs) uh, I, I just wish there had been, like maybe a little bit more uh, or maybe i'm just mad that we didn't get more asami <laughs> just yeah I'm we feeling, get like no asami i'm feeling at all. very salty about asami mm-hmm. um, there is more coming for her good good in the rest of the show but yeah um i i want to touch on a couple of things that Marcus said here in the comments specifically when we were talking about all of the things that were left unexplored he wisely points out and they spent time on that useless love triangle which really like useless 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 and any ending to that yes Cora it was very grown up of Cora to be like well I understand why you did it in extreme circumstances and I'm sorry and blah 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 like a very nice adult breakup conversation. Uh, but any any situation that doesn't end with both of them being like, you suck, and walking away from Mako <laughs> is a bad ending. Boo. It's crappy-ass love triangle. It's a <laughs> shit love triangle. Anyway. 
Kate, what about you? How was Bolin Corner for you? Oh, it was great. It was super fun. When it was when he's doing his first like uh, you know profession of love or whatever, it's like yeah, I was acting. Uh, I was like, are we gonna we gonna go with this? Is this what we're doing? Like, I don't. You have not earned this show. It's delightful in the moment, but you know, any sense of Bolin's uh, like. Just where he's at emotionally and with uh, feeling isolated from everybody doing the movers. And like, I there needed to be more of a thread with the stuff with Ginger where it was actually kind of a rebound thing. And like, there has been no sense of his identity as a person most of the season. And yeah. so that therefore this doesn't land like it's supposed to. But then when it by the by the second, you know, like when they actually have the post apocalypse conversation, he's like, Find Desna can come too. Uh, uh, that that I actually was on board with, and I thought was was pretty nice. I really like Eska and Desna too. Um, just the like all of the the conversations uh, that they have. Like, uh, well, he did. He was gonna let me die in the spirit world. That wasn't great. Like the back and forth there. I thought they really sold all of that when they do their face turn and then like team up for like two seconds. And this They're like all inside the, t- the tree of time or whatever. The spirits are coming at them and they're just like standing there going like, yeah, this is bad. While everybody else is fighting. It's like, is there not space in the budget to have them do some no, okay. Shouldn't they know how to do the the, the water bending thing to you know help the spirits, you know, go back to being happy or whatever? But yeah, but but I did enjoy that that part of it, and I, I feel like we're in a better place. Where I think we end this season in a place that I'm okay with for starting the next season is sort of where these these finale like most of these characters are left off. I, I you know, they make sure to have a, a shot of Varric and Julie, uh, Julie escaping. Um, I, I just kept being like, okay, so that means he's coming back. Cause that's what they had to show us him escaping instead of just like letting us know next season that he escaped during the, and then he didn't. Um, Marcus always says, uh, also says uh, that the, um, the, about the cutting off the connection to the past avatars, it was very violent. I mean, when they have to show people parachuting out of planes, when we see a giant mass, giant monster destroys the, the plane and it's, they, they still keep sticking to that, like of, oh, it's a good thing. All of us ejected right at the last moment. Right. And like to, to do, it's just this strange disconnect of types of violence that are acceptable and types of loss that are acceptable in the show. Um, and I don't feel, I I don't know how much that's going to change or develop. I think, think that's kind of baked into, I'm guessing, the the rules for Nickelodeon at the time. But um, yeah, some of these priorities for like, where are we going to spend our time and what is going to, what conversation are we going to have was a, a bit, a bit puzzling for me. But hey, Cosmic Cora, very cool. That Extremely was cool. cool. Yeah. Very cool. The design of it was really cool. That the whole sequence, once she, her scene with Tenzin, great. J.K. Simmons, what a great job. All of the Tenzin stuff, mm-hmm. top notch. But from the moment she steps into the tree through the ending, the whole thing visually, I was like, whoo, damn. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do this. It was great. I also, I needed Tenzin and Boomy to hug. It didn't happen. And I needed it to happen. I was like, give. I guess is he a spirit now, so he can't hug. But like, I, I, there are some other things like that where it's just like this doesn't feel. Wait, quite... is, Boomy is Boomy a spirit now? Yeah, 
He let, he transcended his body and went to the. When did I miss that? That in his episode, the first time we met him, he talked about that. So when it, when he died, because he's way too old to be alive. Iroh, you're talking about Iroh. Oh, I said Boomy. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I, I was so confused. I'm so well, confused. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're right. Oh I apologize. I'm yeah. just. Oh, yeah. Tenzin oh. and Iroh. Iroh, not oh. Boomy. Sorry, no heart attacks to anybody listening. No, <gasps> Iroh. Sorry. Oh. Okay. Holy now that I've killed crap. Allison, listeners. Oh, no. I just. Iroh. I, I mean, I Iroh. guess. I didn't realize I was that emotionally invested in Boomy, but wow. <laughs> and I, oh. Marcus was very confused. Sorry about that, Marcus. Yeah, I thought I was worried that Mick, because, you know, he has this little spirit buddy now. And yeah, I just, yeah, no, I, no, 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 oh. no. He's fine. No, he's fine. He's oh. fine. He's perfectly fine. I met Iroh. My brain just did a <laughs> disconnect. I appreciate you trying to very gently let me know that Iroh is a you know, transcended yeah. his body because he's pretty old now. Yeah. Very, very tenderly trying to let me know that I was being a big dumb, but I was not. <laughs> you, I was being the big dumb. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Yes. Yeah, so, sorry. I meant Tenzin and Iroh, uh, which was such a lovely and the idea that they got to meet a couple times uh, you know, when, when Tenzin was young was very, was very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me see. Do we have any other thoughts? Any other things I can com- confuse you with that are blatantly not accurate? <laughs> uh, no, I think the show mostly did a pretty fine job of confusing me. Are we ever going to get any explanation of what the hell is going on with Janora? Or is she just super Janora and that's it? She's very connected to the spirit, uh, to the spirit world and to the spirits. Right. And yeah. Well, yeah. she's awesome. Um, but I sure did wish that I understood anything that was going on inside her tiny head mm-hmm. also did i feel like she should get some more credit for participating in the saving of the world because she's like cora saved the world i'm like didn't cora and janora save the world <laughs> isn't that a I'm pretty sure yeah like co-starring like and yeah. janora right yeah i'm pretty yeah. sure that uh that cora was getting her ass kicked so yeah she needed that little extra Mm-hmm. push over the finish line um the last thing we haven't really talked about and Noel mentioned it but i did think that the um the loss the the fog of lost souls was actually really uh compelling and really well done um and it was a good answer to what was going on and where they were and like the you know checking in with each of the siblings and everything i thought it was a, a good place to to find janora and and have it all kind of connect. I agree. Very unsettling. Very Blair Witch watching them all just like when he when Tenzin cleared the fog and they were all just standing. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Marcus says I was expecting them to show what she was actually doing in the spirit world. Yeah, that would have been nice, right? Which is like, oh, I can't actually. No, I can't. You go that way. The butterfly will help you find the way out. Bye. I was like, oh, is she going back to her body? And now she's going to go do something that. No, she's not. Uh, she's like, I need to go. Like, what did, what, where was she? What was she doing when, like, in between? Cause that happened early. And then we don't see her until, like, the very, you know, it was, it was strange. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. Pretty Should have been, should have been better. Um, well, I feel like that's a good, eh, kind of place to leave it, uh, in the tradition of Eddie Izzard. Uh, do we have, uh, Marcus, if you have any other final thoughts, go ahead and throw them into the, into the chat. The, yeah, the, I feel like I've significantly undersold or underconveyed how much I liked the fights and like the the giant Unalak 
kaiju because it was so cool. It was very, very cool. Um, but yeah, it's hard to, like, it's very satisfying in the moment. And then as soon as you get some distance from it, it's very much a fridge kind of, oh, but wait, then kind of experience yeah. for me. I think it's also satisfying as like a conclusion to the season but just mm -hmm. not very satisfying as a pair of episodes right yeah. like the things that happen are interesting i just yeah. wish that the piece like that this little chunk of the season were more compelling as a self-contained unit yeah marcus is i'm very glad they got the right studio to animate that can you imagine if no they shit. hadn't gotten mirror back no like... face just a big blue cora with no face <laughs> Oh man, that would have been that would have been bad. And this, I mean, it's very very clear to me why. As I was like, oh, we're starting season two. Oh, Unalak. Oh yeah, that's right. And Vatu. Oh, that's really cool. That's gonna be fun. And then we're watching the season. I'm going, wait, wait, but what's why is it? Why do I remember it being really cool and really fun and like <laughs> some really good stuff about light and dark? Oh, it's because there's just like three conversations that are meaningful, and the rest. All blurs. That's why. Um, so we'll see. There's, there's, um, there is some more good stuff coming in seasons three and four. So I'm looking forward to our journeys with those. But for now, that's going to wrap up our conversation for today. Uh, tomorrow, as I said earlier, we'll, we'll be back with our like our look back at season two, uh, or sorry, book two air, no, book two spirits, and um, you know, just kind of seeing how it all comes together for us. But I'm excited to to, to dive in with the next book. And I'll uh, so I'll say today the title of the next book is change, and so that you know, leaving the spirit portals open will have an impact, shall we say? That's kind of a significant thing. So looking forward to some of that. But until then, thank you, Marcus, for hanging with us today in the chat, and thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye bye. Bye.